And now, Jalen and Jacoby on ESPN Radio. Where the fuck is Worry about my posse getting jumped. Cause if we ever do, yo TV, pop the trunk. Cause we make a pop the trunk and hit the sweet. Now act stupid, I'll pop the trunk. <laughs> give me your He is Jalen Anthony Rose. What up, doe? I'm David Jacoby. And on the cool check-in. Center stage on the mic. And we're putting it on wax. It's the new stuff. We're Jalen Jacoby. What do we do? We get a people. What they want. Welcome back, Jalen Rose. Welcome back. We were off. For a few days last week, Ryan Rosillo in yesterday. You were on the road. I watched you all weekend on Countdown. Thank you, brother. Putting in the hours. You and Coach and Paul and Beads. Yes, indeed. Getting it in. So much to discuss today. Of course, we're going to talk about the Clippers and Warriors comeback and the Nets and Sixers from last night. We're going to get into Russell Wilson's contract and Robert Griffin III's new hairline. (laughs) But what a game to last night in the Bay. The Clippers, they were getting beat. They beat. They were losing in the first half. The start of the third quarter, the Warriors hit nine for nine shots. It was over. It was over. At one point, they were up by 31 points. And then things started happening for the Clippers. They started getting some buckets. Lou Williams can get hot at any time. <laughs> and Lou Williams got hot. Pat Beverly did what Pat Beverly does. And by now, you know what happened. Montrez Harrell producing... There's a couple big threes made by my man Shamit, traded from the 76ers early in the season, a rookie. And in the end, Steve Ballmer had something to celebrate. <laughs> the largest comeback win in playoff history. How did this happen, Jalen Rose? It's really dubious that the Golden State Warriors were on the wrong side of history a couple of times. The only team to allow a squad to come back trailing 3-1 in the finals. Mm. And now the only team to be winning by 31 points and lose a playoff game. It goes back to the core of the team Jerry West put together. I talked about this at the beginning of the year. He got all vets. Cats that know who they are that's going to play hard all of the time. That's what Montrez Harrell is going to do. He's going to go after every rebound. going to go after every loose ball. When he's in front of the rim, he's going to dunk it if he can. Uh huh. I love him so much. I loved him on the Rockets. I was wondering why he didn't get more burn there. Patrick Beverly. You saw him strip Steph Curry at half court. Mm Mm-hmm. That normally doesn't happen. You also see him guarding Kevin Durant, who's 10 inches taller than him. He's an irritant. Okay, he's going to get under your skin. That's why he's in the league. Okay, Lou Williams is a professional scorer. He is. He wants to get buckets. He's been doing this for a decade. This is what he does. He's been doing it for a decade. Off the dribble from three, off pick and roll. It could be isolation. It could be clutch. And he had 11 assists. He, and a lot of his assists are like accidental. Like he'll drive <laughs> and he'll jump to shoot and be like, oh, this ain't working. And then just kick it out to somebody for a shot. And he, Danilo Gallinari didn't really even have a great game. He had 24. It was, it was so much fun to watch this all happen because it was one of those things where you're like, is it, wait, the lead's 16 now? Like, oh, is it? It's 12 now? And then Steph hit that big three at the end where you kind of thought, like, oh, this is all for naught. But my man Landry Shamit. Landry Shamit was he was getting burned for the 76ers early in the season. He's a rookie. He was just kind of like a piece of this deal, not one of the biggest pieces of this deal. Hit some big shots throughout the whole entire game. Inner head coach Doc Rivers. You look at the most important play of the game where he ended up making that three. The guy passed him the ball is another rookie. 
Shea Gilders, Alexander. Mm-hmm. Okay, out. so putting those guys in a position to be successful has now allowed the Clippers to unlock their squad. The guys that I mentioned can play and do what they've been doing for a really long time. For people who felt like me when they traded Tobias Harris, almost like they were punting on the season. Felt like it. So they can maintain their lottery pick. Well, that's actually what they've done the last two years. Mm -hmm. And so they were able to maintain down 31, frustrate KD. By the way, KD's not playing the villain role well. No. When he got to Golden State, look at the text that he was getting in OKC. It's been heightened since he got to the Warriors. Yes, he's won two championships. Yes, he's won two finals MVPs. Final regular season game of the year, he got ejected. First playoff game, he got ejected. Equals second playoff game, he fouled out. out. Okay? They needed him on that last possession. There's Mm -hmm. so many guys that they're leaving open when you play against the Golden State Warriors and daring them to shoot. Steph Curry was the option, and everybody knew it on that final play. They did a good job of defense. And in order for the Warriors to lose, like usually a couple things happen. One, they go cold. Every team goes cold. Another thing that happens with them, it's plagued them ever since this dynasty, and I call it dynasty, started, turnovers. They turned the ball over a lot, especially at the end of this game. They averaged 14 a game, which is kind of mid-table, but they had 22 in this one. Why does this keep happening to this team year after year? Look where Montrez Harrell is standing. Andre Iguodala has the ball at the top of the floor. He's not guarding him. Mm-hmm. So that allows you to suppress the paint. So anytime somebody drives, you're digging at the ball. You're trying to swipe it away. You're trying to contest the ball handling. You're trying to contest the shot. You're trying to block it at the rim. You have more length. You have more arms. You, more ha- you have more activity because you're leaving Livingston, Iguodala, Draymond, a bogey, Looney, you all leave, of you them. leave yeah. all of them open. We know the three that you don't leave open. Splash Brothers <laughs> and KD. That's it. Your guard. Everybody else, if it's not one of those three, leave them open. And KD led the team with nine turnovers, just mm. like you just discussed. Mm. That's a lot of turnovers for one human being in one game. A lot of that has to do with Pat Beverly. Pat Beverly's defense was amazing. Uh, when he was the primary defender, Steph, KD, and Clay had five turnovers in the game, and they were only two for seven. An open floor. When you start talking about best handles in the game, Steph Curry's going to be mentioned. Mm-hmm. Can't get ripped in the fourth quarter by Pat Barry like Not that. Not half that, court. That, yeah. that, that can't happen. Coming around no. a screen or in traffic or going to the hole, like I can see that. But at half court, wide open like and, that? And another thing that can't get overlooked, when KD was coming off, when, when Steph was coming off the down screen that led to KD fouling out, he pulled KD's waist. Mm-hmm. That made a move. So, therefore, the defender was able to take the contact, exaggerate the contact, and then it was an accurate foul call. He so, out. that was a cause and effect that led to him not following out of the game. I mean, it was a big loss for the Warriors. I think they got a little complacent. It's hard not to when you're up by 31 with that little time left. And that's kind of what led to all this happening. They're going to end up winning the series. But the biggest loss wasn't on the scoreboard last night. The biggest loss came earlier in the game. This great play by Boogie Cousins. He's hustling to get after the ball. And there it is. They're calling it a significant left quad injury. Woj is reporting that doesn't look like Boogie will be back. This is obviously bad for the Warriors. What are the implications of this injury moving forward for this team? Anybody that's followed this show the last eight years, whether he was in Kentucky whether he was in Sacramento, know how I feel about DeMarcus Cousins. Yes. As a player, but also as somebody I always felt like was miscast and misunderstood 
by the masses. And I don't think where he got drafted helped that dynamic being a 2010 player playing on a lottery team. Mm-hmm. I'm really sad for him because with the Pelicans last year, that was been his first opportunity to play in the playoffs. I scored more points than any guy in the league who hadn't participated in the postseason. He tears his Achilles going after a loose ball after a free throw. You rehab. One of the toughest basketball injuries to come back. Months after months after months. You sign a one-year, $5 million deal with the Golden State Warriors. Everybody else in the league is like, how, how did that just happen? And, but the, the plan is to show out, to rehab, to get back and show your value and then sign a long-term deal, and then this happens. Unfortunately, he gets the opportunity to play in one and a half games. One. One in four minutes. Yeah. One game in four minutes. And to get injured on a non-contact play. For a quad, that could be really tricky as it relates to recovery. I just feel bad for him in a lot of ways. From a basketball sense, from a business sense, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this free agency this offseason. So before we get to what it means for the Warriors for the rest of this postseason, there's a part of me that says, does this mean that he could be back on the Warriors? I think so. That's what. Yeah. It's, that's one of the things I thought about. I was like, well, usually it's like, all right, he's going to show out with the Warriors, win a championship, and then someone's going to give him a big deal that the Warriors can't really give him. But this opens the door for him to stay with Golden State. And the reason why I say that is, A, you don't want to be a player continuing to bounce around when you're as talented as he is, but obviously you got to do what you got to do to get your money. B, it's hard to be a free agent and injured at the same time. Mm-hmm. Grant Hill is the only guy I recall to get a major deal on crutches. Okay, it just, it just, it's just a hard dynamic. And you want to start your rehab right now. And therefore, you can start it with the club, remain with the club, and you don't have to change your medical reports. You don't have to switch up your routine. Yep, yep. Like, you can get yourself back as soon as possible. So I think this now puts the Warriors in pole position for him to stay there another season. Well, I'm looking at the second round series. I'm mm. already looking past the first round series. I'm looking at the second round series between the Rockets and the Warriors. We all mm. know what happened last year. And Boogie was going to be an X factor in that series. And how does that matchup change now that Boogie's not going to be there? Here's how. Because the Houston Rockets do a ton of switching on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. You put P.J. Tucker at six foot three on DeMarcus Cousins, You'll turn around and score on them every time. Mm. It'll be a mismatch. Yeah. Now all of a sudden, that's Looney. He had a good game, however. He was six for six. He had 19 points. Yep. Looney filled it well. But he's Bogut. not he didn't start in last year's all-star game. Demarcus Cousins did. Mm-hmm. Andrew Bogut wasn't in the NBA this year. How about until that? Late in the year. How about and now that? they're looking at him to carry them to a championship and match up against some of the best centers. Since the All-Star break, the Golden State Warriors had the most efficient post-up offense in the entire NBA. So to lose a guy that's going to take advantage of his man, in particular, when you go against somebody like Jokic, who's on a number two seed, who Boogie dominated both times he faced, or against a Rockets team that do a lot of switching, it's going to make it a really tight series. I already, with Boogie, felt like the Rockets... Have what it take to push the Warriors. I've been saying it. I can't wait nah, for that. Nah, it legitimizes it. But, of course, we have to talk about some unfounded. Oh, no! Irresponsible. No! Help! I need somebody! Help! Speculation. 
about free agent Kevin Durant. Here's an update. Jalen Rose, yeah, I'm going to so do the media thing. I'm going to read too much into a very insignificant clip of video. Are you ready for that? Sure. Here is Steph Curry warming up. Tribute to Tiger Woods. He does a swing, shoots a three, and hits it. Celebrates. Does Durant look a little perturbed to you? No. He does Durant like look a, guy, a little like, dog, hurry up and finish no, this so I can No, he's letting Steph cook. And that's really a routine that he's getting into, right? And so now I've got to come on the court and concentrate and get my jimmies up. I don't think there's anything personal. I don't think he could take it any type of way. I feel like he's leaving anyway, and it ain't because of that clip. Nope. Jalen, right now it's time to give the people what they want. Tiso is the official watch of the NBA. Each one of Tiso's timepieces delivers quality performance and traditional luxury. This graduation season, get the NBA fan in your life a Tiso watch. The Tiso Chrono XL is a great watch for those looking for a sporty chronograph with Swiss technology at an unbeatable price. You can get one of those watches and all of the Tiso timepieces at us.tisoshop.com. That's us.tissotshop.com. Jalen Rose, Russell Wilson set a deadline. He set a deadline when the deal needed to be done, and the Seahawks came through with the bag. Mm. They signed him to a four-year, $140 million deal that came with, wait for it. Good Lord, that's a lot of money. $65 million signing bonus. $65 million. Put your name right here. I'll sign that so quick. And we will get to the implications of that deal and what it means for the Seahawks and for Russell Wilson. But there's something we need to talk about first. Okay. He announced the deal. But it's not that he announced the deal. It's how he announced the deal. He went on Twitter and announced the deal with this video. Hey, Seattle. We got a deal. <laughs> Go Hawks. Go Hawks. But I'm going to see y'all in the morning. Good night. Time for y'all to go to bed. Finally, you can go to sleep. <laughs> see y'all in the morning. <laughs> Jalen, I have like, I have so many questions for you about this. Number one, can't you just get out of bed and film the video? No. Why not? Because I'm in bed with my wife who just so happens to be a pop star. Can't you put on a shirt? No. Nope. Somebody just gave me 65 million guaranteed dollars that they got to give it to me all at once as a signing bonus. Did he get out of bed, put the chains on, and then get back in bed? No. When you get in that kind of money, you sleep with the chains sleep on. Sleep with the chains on? And they can become a part of something you may be trying to do in bed when you turn the sleep camera off. <laughs> sleep with the chains on. Who sleeps with their chains on? You underestimate the props that chains may behold in a situation like that. It's Jaylen cultural. Rose. Jalen Rose. Is sleeping with chains uncultural? Yes. Okay. Sometimes I just put on me, all my jewelry and go to bed just because I can. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And just lying. because. So, so you put you put bracelets, rings, and chains on, and then go to sleep. Yes. Okay. Can you just have his wife Sierra, who's an extremely talented artist? Can't she film it and not be in it? No. I'm living my best life. This is a boss move, okay? I'm a quarterback in the uh-uh. NFL. Uh-uh. We are both stars in our own right. Uh-uh. We're about to shine on everybody, just like this. I uh-uh. ain't getting Can you imagine probably what's happening under those covers? You want to get out of the bed? No, I don't, I'm not going to imagine what's happening under those covers. You want to get out of the covers. bed? No, Jalen Rose. Jalen, I, I mean, I just feel like 
I know this is going to be one of the most important videos I ever put out on social media. I know that the the Seahawks fans are going to be enraptured by this and so excited to celebrate it. I can put a shirt on. No. And I, I can no. sit up. You can sit up. No. How about this? How about this? Give me this. Sit up and build. No. Sit, come on. There's a term called screw you money. He got it now. I guess he does. He got it now. I guess he does. Oh, my goodness. Good for the Seahawks. I was no. seeing some rumors about... You know, was he going to get his deal? He gave them a deadline, and I appreciate that. Now, I am one to talk about the fact that when you go and pay your quarterback a lot of money, like the top six quarterbacks pay scale-wise last year, we're each watching the playoffs. Let's just take a look at how that works out. Hmm, Jalen, here's the difference. You ready for this? None of those guys... Got most of but, it in the signing bonus. But look at the records. Look at the records right there. Correct. I mean, there is not, I'm looking at not a single winning record amongst the top five highest paid quarterbacks. A lot of that has to do with that last column there. I agree with you. However, they did his deal a, lo- a little different. It's shorter term, four-year extension. Mm-hmm. And also they gave him the max lump sum that they wanted to as a signing smart, bonus. It's a smart move. Explain to people why that's smart. Because now you still have the cap flexibility to build out your roster. Yep. Unlike those teams that did those deals, it now hamstrings you. Mm-hmm. Now, it's still going to affect them signing other players because there are going to be other people on the defensive side. My guy Frank Clark, who Shout went to out. Michigan, going to want to get paid. Yeah. So we'll see how it plays out. Um, was one of those teams that made one of those bad contracts the Detroit Lions? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's time for some related news that matters. Jalen. Yo. We have some more extremely important news regarding a quarterback in the National Football League. Robert Griffin III. He once posted a picture on social media where his hair wasn't exactly Jalen Rose crispy, okay? And he was chastised for this. Well, guess what he posted recently? It is this. Look at that. He, he I'm living my it. best life. Went ahead and tried this whole lineup thing. New haircut, <laughs> who it is? Do you think this will rejuvenize his career? I think going to the Ravens did rejuvenize his career. They re-signed him. Mm-hmm. I am not mad at him for trying to enhance his line. It looks good. I've seen a couple of people give themselves hair. Brian Erlacher, my idol, Deion Sanders. Shout out. But I saw another one that Which was- got a lot of public scrutiny. My brother, my friend. You know, my uh. wife went to UConn. Karan Buck. See, I like this. I like this move from Karan. Tough juice. Do not succumb to public pressure. It looks good, It looks bro. good. Keep it on. Keep it, Karan. See, I think he should have like seven different ones that he rotates through. When he does different appearances <laughs> and he does different days, See, I think he should just have like a multiple haircuts, a flat top one day, a Jerry Allen fro the next day. He should just really lean into this. Don't succumb to the pressure, Karan. Don't succumb to the pressure. He already did. He cut it off, I think, the next day. What? I don't think he cut it off. I think he took it off. Oh. <laughs> That's probably the difference. (laughs) Richard Jefferson in for Jalen Rose. Thank you so much for coming here today. It's all my pleasure. Thanks for having me. See, a lot of people may not know this, but I watch a lot of Yes Network, and I watch a lot of Brooklyn Nets games, and you are there doing analysis for the games. You are very familiar with this team. Yes, I am. And they had a big game last night. They did. It was such a good first half. 
It was. I was like, this is great game. It's the best game I've seen of all the games so far. This is this is going to be it. Maybe the Nets can make this happen. And then the third quarter happened, and the Sixers scored 51 points in a historic third quarter. What happened to the Nets in that? Well, this is the thing, and I'll say this from game one, and the, from the first game into the uh, that first half. The Nets can only play a little bit better than they've been playing, mm. right? But Philly can play a Room lot better. They can play yes. a lot yes. better, and that's the difference. That's really where people have talked about you know, Philly and what they're capable of doing and making a postseason run. The Nets are a very good team. Kenny Atkinson's done a great job bringing in the right type of people. Sean Marks, hardworking guys, very similar to the Clippers, just a, l- a little different in the way they play. But ultimately, Philly played like they're supposed to play. Mm-hmm. Philly didn't they they weren't in that first game. They didn't wake up. They were kind of got punched in the mouth and then in game 2, second half, they're like, "Okay, it's time for us to be the 76ers." And that's what they need to do moving forward. Ben Simmons had a great game. Um triple double. He looked really good. What did he do differently between game 1 and game 2? I think his guys hit shots around him. I, I, yeah. I think his success is predicated on the guys around him. So J.J. Redick, Tobias Harris, because he doesn't want to finish. He doesn't want to really shoot free throws. And look, I think Ben Simmons is going to be a very, very good player. You know, for the next 15 years in this league, he's a six foot nine, 250 pound point guard that's super athletic. But ultimately, kind of in the mold of LeBron from the passing standpoint, he needs shooters around him. Yep. So when he goes in there and has a layup and doesn't want to finish, he can kick it out. To people, and that's where JJ Redick. That's why they were so successful when they got Bellinelli last year and Elias Silva last year. The more shooters you put around them, the better Ben Simmons is. So Joel Embiid had a good game, especially in that second half. But in that very, it was like the first or second play of the game. He hit his knee, and he just doesn't look the same. How healthy do you think Joel Embiid is? I think he's healthy enough to play. Um, I'll say this. If this was the regular season, if this was game 45, mm-hmm. he wouldn't be playing. I don't think so either. I don't think he no. would be playing. And that's kind of the concern about Joel Embiid is that, you know, he missed so many seasons. He's always had these injuries. And now here in the postseason where, you know, a lot of times people will, like, conserve you. And then postseason is like, you're going to play 42 minutes. Yeah. So just yeah. as long as you're not in foul trouble. But I don't think he's that guy right now. So they're talking about his conditioning. And the conditioning for a big player is tough, especially if he can't put pounding on that knee. So if they're resting him for five or six days and they want to keep him off of it, he's 280 pounds and six foot 11, seven feet. So it's like all of a sudden his conditioning becomes a, a factor. And I think that's what we've seen kind of in this first two games. And Jared Allen played pretty well, but the Nets did something that they've done in this season throughout the season that you know of is they go super small sometimes. Yeah, I kind of like that. Do you think that could work moving forward in the series? I think it could work. They're, look, in that first game, the Nets who are, I think they're like 18th or 20th in free throw percentage. So they're not a great free throw shooting team. They mm-hmm. were 24 for 26 from the free throw line in game one. So they shot the ball well, better than they normally do. In order for the Nets to continue doing this, they need to continue shooting the ball well. But the good news is, is that they finally have Spencer Dinwiddie healthy. Yes. They got Karis LeVert healthy, D'Angelo Russell, Joe Harris, who's having a historic year right from the three point line, especially when you're talking about like for the team. So I think they continue doing that. I don't think that this I, – I, look, Nets fans, I'm, you know who I'm rooting for and who oh, I'm yeah. picking can be different. And I'm, and I'm literally I, – I still think Philly because once they turn up that gear, even if they only turn it up for a quarter, exponentially and you better. mentioned well, you mentioned two key players for Philly that just really weren't around in game one, which is Redick and Harris. Harris is like low-key, like not been great like at the end of the regular season either, but he played well last night, and those are two players that if they keep – if they get all four – 
of their five of their starting five contributing like they did last night is to be hard to beat. Them. And another yeah. thing we're going to talk about Tobias, but a lot of Tobias, some of the points that he scored were when this game was kind of already sealed. Yeah. Right. When this thing was already at 18, 19, and he's still, and he hits a couple of threes, which is great. I'm happy for his confidence. I love Tobias Harris's game. I think he does a lot of things well. I think he's a vers- versatile young player. He's not young anymore, but to, compared to me. So I like <laughs> him. I, I, I like him, but I just don't see him being a dominant guy really in this postseason. I think him being a fourth option maybe because they're going to run plays which is what he is basically which he is, yeah. which he is but you saw it for the Clippers he was like a second option and played really really well mm-hmm. uh, he's been a guy that's put up good numbers over the course of his career but it is very very difficult to go and be a fourth guy and be like hey you just need to get in where you fit in my one critique of him is that in 40 minutes you can search out more than seven shots like he did in game one yes yeah, but you point. can accidentally in 40 minutes I could find seven shots in 40 minutes today against any team, right? You just have to pick your spots and understand when you can be aggressive. Well, Joel Embiid was aggressive, maybe a little too aggressive on this play. So here he is. He's turning around on Jared Allen, and he hits him with the elbow. Flagrant one, flagrant two. But after the game, he said this in the presser. Obviously, it wasn't intentional, uh, and uh, I got him pretty good, and I'm sorry about it. Uh, but <laughs> so he apologizes. Ben Simmons laughs, which breaks Joel Embiid, and he starts laughing about elbowing Jarrett Allen in the head. So my thing is this: Look, he might not. It might not have. He might not have tried to hit him in the head. Mm-hmm. But when you go, and he's a big man, he's skilled one of the most skilled big men, you know, we can say of all time, right? Because it's true. But I'm not saying yeah. one of the best of all time, but I'm saying it's top 25. Yeah, 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 yeah. We haven't seen very many seven-footers yeah. that can no, do what Joel Kareem and, and Will and yeah. Nakeem, sure. But so, yeah, yeah. now, all of them would say if they were going to spin – and throw that elbow, they know exactly what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. They just don't know if they're going to get you in the chest, in the neck, or in the face, but they know what they're doing. It wasn't yeah. one of those rotating elbows. It was, it was a swing, half swing, half rotate elbow. It was, I feel your body, I'm going to spin, and this elbow is going to lead the yes. way. And hopefully it hits you in the chest and moves you out of the way and I get yeah, a Yeah, but if you're playing against a guy you know that's playing defense, it hits you in the face. This is my thing. I need to know who they are. And this is my issue right now. I don't mm. know who the 76ers are. Are they the team that gets sensitive when their crowd is booing in them when they deserve to get booed? Yeah. Right? Are they the, or is Ben Simmons a guy that's going to backpedal and shoot around and then backpedal in the post game conferences? Yeah. Like, Hey, look, I love the Philly fans are the best. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, five minutes, you know, five minutes ago, you were saying that stay on that side. Yeah. yeah. Or, or are, are you the guys that can laugh and joke when you elbow somebody in the face, right? Who are you? Like we know who Jimmy Butler is. We know who we know he who is. Jimmy Butler is. And he, he'll tell you who he is. Yes. But like with, with Embiid and with Simmons, they are young. I'll give them that. Yeah. But but in terms of their personality, their approach to the game, it is still in question. Yeah. And, and some of the same when you're talking about they're young, like this is one of those things. It's like guys, we can have fun. Winning is fun. You should be having sure. a great time. That's not funny. Right? Like, because the NBA can, we talk about Kevin Durant and accumulation of technicals, accumulation of flagrant fouls. If they're trying to make a run, right? And let's say the NBA, you know, the Nets are calling. The Nets are calling and being like, yo, he should have been thrown out. He should have been thrown out for throwing an elbow to a head. A guy can be thrown out for a swing it's, well, down. It's not just getting thrown out. Like, as someone who's had a lot of concussions in their life, like, yeah. that is six inches away from, like, maybe he's missing a couple games. Yeah, and you hitting know someone, I mean? like, hitting, like, taking luckily, someone's I'm teeth out. I'm surprised he smiled and got up and just had a little cut lip. Like, yeah. I would probably be 
out for a month and a half yeah, in a coma? And, 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 so, and so that's the thing. There, there could have been serious repercussions mm-hmm. to that. And that's where it's like, like, yo, we can't have that. If your goals are bigger than first-round matchup against the Nets, if your goals are bigger than a first-round matchup against the Clippers, you can go to your star and be like, yo, we can't have that. If this leads to a fight or if he retaliates and then you throw a punch and he throws a punch in game two, that affects things. And if you don't believe me, ask the Phoenix Suns versus the San Antonio Spurs. Like you can't have these things. These things have affected the the trajectory of NBA history. So like you just have to be more intelligent. And that's my only thing is the immaturity that was shown. So you know this Nets team more than most people that speaking to microphones about basketball. Do you expect some sort of retaliation? I hope, right? Oh, I hope. I hope. But not retaliation like you want to elbow him in his face, but like yeah. the first time you get a chance to, like it's called a crackback, you know, box out where like mm-hmm. he's looking, you're the big and he's looking up at the ball and you just get to go body check him into the stands. That's what you do, yeah. right? You don't have to throw an elbow. You don't have to do anything dirty. But yo, that's one of my favorite box outs is if you see a guy that's just waiting, balls in the air and he's not looking, you can go box him out as hard as you want and they will and as long as you do it but not without your arm but just body and hip you can send him into the second like a row hockey check. like a hockey yeah. check and you go boom not and all of a sudden you're just like yeah okay and if even if it gets looked at it still ends up just being but a, a, common, a foul. common foul or yeah, you yeah, take yeah. the flagrant right i've been on teams where they're like look i can't do this but i'll pay your flagrant foul or i'll pay your technical yeah, i'll do that for you because you're trying to protect your guy and the nets need to look at that they need to be like yo we can't get bullied we can't allow that to happen we need to set the tone because those type of things, that play will be shown for the next three, four seasons as long as they play against each other. And and for the Nets to win, things need to break their way. And maybe getting in their head and making them think about things besides running their offense and scoring will help them in in that way. Now, that game was decided, but uh, at the end of the game, not everything was decided. If the opposing team misses two free throws Mm -hmm. in this game, the crowd gets free frosties. (laughs) Kevin Harlan was in on it at Ah. the end of the game. Let's listen. Let's listen. They can taste it. Yes, they, they can, can feel it. They can see it. Great call from Kevin Harlan. I mean, it's right. It's right there with down goes Frazier. Oh, it's amazing! Some of the greatest calls of all time. Yeah. My question for you. Do you dip French fries in your frosty? Let me say this: I didn't, right? And then my high school girlfriend, who um, shout at, to her, yeah, my, What's her shot, name? my uh, Selena, <laughs> Selena. Right? my high school girlfriend, Selena Collins, she shout was out. like, "Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I, I try and stay away from all this stuff." And I was like, "Why is it?" She's like, "Oh yeah, I used to dip French fries in frosties." And I was like, "What?" She's like, "Well, you remember, you know, some of my pictures when I was, you know, a little bit, uh, I was a little bit more of a of a curvy child when I was my fresh when I was a little younger before she." Her growth spurt, then she yeah, and I was like, oh, really? Are they that good? They're amazing. They're that good. They're amazing. They're that good. You like? I have gone. I have There's gone. Something about the heat. And yeah, the cool. I, you cool and then just, and it's just you dip the crispy it, fries and the, the soft and, and like cream. look, oh. and it's like look, it's the, I, I the Wendy's right French fries are good, not great. Good. They're, you combine but, them with a frosty. Level up. Are you level up? Are those you fries. are you kidding me? She she changed my life in many ways. That might be the number one. French fries and a frosty is a boss move. We will now. Play soft move or boss move. Doc Rivers had something happen to him yesterday that he will never, ever forget. And I'm not talking about the historic comeback against the Warriors. I'm talking about something else. Let's listen to Glenn Doc Rivers. Break it down. At the corner today, I was walking down the street. It's a true story. I reached in my pocket to grab my phone. Unbeknownst to me, 
Dropped about two grand on the floor, on the street. Kept walking, didn't know it. The guy tapped me on the back and said, um, you know, that's your money. I have so, I, I, so, we had a lot to break down here. Soft wow. move or boss move, giving back the $2,000 that you saw someone drop in the, the ground. The bossiest of the boss moves. If you had a boss move what? Hall of Fame, that is, uh, that is up there. $2,000. To Doc Rivers, he can drop that out of his pocket. Most people, I'm talking about if I was walking behind my coach, I might be like, Here's your money. Do I get a reward? Like, yeah, I think there's got to be some sort of negotiation. That, that's, that's like, or, or I could have just let you keep walking. Like, but that's what I'm saying. That's a boss move. That's a good person. And good for Doc them. Doc Rivers said that he would have got tickets to the game if he didn't like run away. And I'm thinking like Doc Rivers. I don't think he ran away. I think you just forgot to get contact information and make it all happen. Another I, yeah. question. Another yeah. question. Tell me. Carrying two thousand dollars in cash. Soft move or boss move. Boss move again? Boss. Well, again? I, I say this from the standpoint of look, like Doc. Doc's been making money for a long oh, yeah. time. Oh, yeah. He's one of the. I, I, I want to say this. There, maybe Phil Jackson, Popovich. How many coaches? Don't forget his have, playing no, career. No, but I'm saying, how many coaches have made more money than Doc? Doc's got to be in the sixty, $60 million dollars, seventy million dollar range you go, now. If you go player to coach to front office, is really that's been really you're just you've, you've got so, decades. So for and him just to have salary. two thousand and if have it fall out of his pocket, unbeknownst to him, that means that yeah. like that man got a lot of He's money. He's the second highest paid coach. But here's another question. Is he carrying cash in his front pocket or I, cell phone in his back pocket? I, either Both of way, which are confusing. Which, who does like, wait, that? wait, 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 wait. I carry my cell phone in my front pocket and my cash in my back pocket like a regular person. Yeah, no, Doc is a crazy person. I would never put both of those in the same pocket. No, that's like eating I, a... That's, either he's insane or he's lying. That's like, those two? that's like eating a banana underhanded. It just it seems really strange. Is. It, it, it doesn't just, make it, it, any it sense. It makes no sense. You don't they do that. You can't keep a knot that has $2,000. That's at least 20 bills yeah. and a phone in the same pocket. That, and then it carelessly reach in your pocket and yeah. take it out. That, Something other than that. I think Doc Rivers is lying. That, 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 I, think, that, I just he, figured this out. I think Doc Rivers is lying, lying about he, the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, it's like he probably this drinks beer happened. through a straw. Like that's what Doc Rivers does. Shout to Nina Cherry. Next <laughs> is carrying two thousand dollars in cash. Cultural or regional? Is it cultural? I, I, I feel like the, I feel like it's, I feel like it's racial. I think that's what you're trying to say. A little, but the, no, no, we call it cultural around no, here. Look, 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 look. I, we'll call it cultural. Is that what we? Yeah. No, no I, I think there are some people that just you know like to have cash. cash. I'm not a cash person. There's some people that don't want any cash. Right. I, I, I remember my wife at one point in time was like, you know, she, I, I had a bunch of cash because I had clothes out of bank. She's like, babe, babe, we, we I just don't feel comfortable carrying. She, she, this is what she said to me. She goes, I, I, I just don't feel comfortable having this amount of cash on me. And I'm like. Looking at her, I'm like, woman, do you know how much your ring, watch, shoes, and purse are? <laughs> That's a good like, point. what are you like? Yeah, yeah, like you know how much you got. You know, like you got like Cartier bracelets you know, and you got the earrings. Off That's, what I, That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. you should yeah. hope that you have this yes, cash because if point. someone tried to rob you, you could just give them 10, 15 grand in cash. And I was like, yo, relax, we're fine. Everything we're, um, that you have going on is exponentially more than that. We're currently launching a journalistic investigation into this occurrence. We'll update the yeah. watchers of Jalen Lynch. This might be a Jesse Smollett situation. Do we, Do we have a false report? Do we have a Jesse Smollett? Something's okay. happening. Was that, that, his, the yeah, Smollett? Was that his last name? Um, next, Yasiel Puig, who's been a Dodger, and they won the National League last year and went to the World Series. And they're being celebrated because he's now a Red. And they're going to do a ring ceremony because the four Dodgers were traded to the Reds. Guess what? Yasiel Puig did not show up to his own ring ceremony. What? Soft move or boss move? Uh, I think it's a little. I think it's a little bit of both. I know I can't pick one. I, I, I'll say this: it's a soft move uh, because 
You, no, you know, it's a soft move soft because move. you're being sensitive. You're being sensitive. Uh, I think it's a boss move because if you want to go T.O. and just be like, I'm not showing up. <laughs> if you sure. go but I feel like it's really for the fans. It the is fans want to stand up and cheer for you, and they did so for so many years and supported you. And he was, not always, he was yeah. not always great through yes, that. exactly. So, look, but I, I think this is more uh, – it's consistent with who he is, right? So if that's who you are – don't change. Sure. Um, I ran a marathon once. It's extremely difficult. That's a huge, huge update. Extremely right. difficult. Is that a cultural thing? No. <laughs> yeah, yes, it is actually. The Boston Marathon was yesterday, yeah. and a gentleman by the name of Mika Herndon, who is a former Marine, was running it as a tribute to three of his fellow Marines that passed in Afghanistan, and he crawled his way across the finish line as a tribute to his three brothers. Boss move or Bossiest move. I'm telling you, when we talk about the bossiest Hall of Fame, this is up this there. is up there. Uh, look, look, I, I understand what these what these amazing individuals do and what they sacrifice. Part of the reason why you know I'm so supportive of them is because look, I was here in New York during 9/11, right? And I just don't know if I could have that you know the guts and the balls to run up into yes. a burning building, yes. uh, eighty flights. Like I don't know that. So guys that are willing to sacrifice their lives for other people and for our safety and security, anything that they want to do, Bossiest I'm going to celebrate move. them. Bossiest move. Finally, um, hard transition. Richard Jefferson also has a podcast. Yeah, road tell tripping. us what the latest of road tripping. Ah, uh, well, we had Gilbert Arenas and uh, Swaggy P. Nick Young. Oh, on. I'm sure that was just a calm, rational conversation. Oh, it was a calm, rational situation. Channing Fry, Ali Clifton, we had the originals on. Great. Uh, so it was good, man. You can go check it out. There's links on uh, my Instagram bio. Not only are you a accomplished NBA player, a member of the media podcast host. Also, you're an executive producer of a film. Tell us about it. Uh, so it's called it's Movie Sprinter. Yes, I know, you know, it's a, everyone's getting into this. I was very, very fortunate. One of my good friends growing up went to Princeton, went to USC Film School, started doing independent films, and he he uh, helped co-wrote uh, uh, co-write a movie called Sprinter. It's about it's it's about immigration and it's about you know uh, a demographic in the in the Caribbean. Uh, it's actually an, a, a really impressive movie. It, it won the best film, best feature film at the ABFF uh, All Black Film Festival. Shout it out. comes out April twenty third, so we're gonna the premiere. It's also co- nice. it's co-produced by Will and Jada Smith. Uh, so like it's not just me. Like I, it's not. Not, not me. I like Got jumped it. on on their I saw bad the trailer. Wagon. It looks absolutely excellent. Okay. While we have you here, we're going to preview tonight's action in the NBA. First, we start with the Magic, who stole Game One from the Raptors. Can they do it again? I think they can do it again. Do I think they will? I don't know. I, I think this game two in Toronto, look, I love Jurassic Park. Like every time I see that, <laughs> yes. Jurassic Park is someplace. One, it was my favorite movie growing up. Two, it looks like such a fun, like beer really garden does. to hang out. But I think Toronto is, is they're, they're going to answer it. They're historically bad in game ones. And mm-hmm. you can say, oh, well, Danny Green and Kawhi, well, there's some other guys that are still there that have historical bad starts. And, you know, we're talking about Kyle Lowry, who I think is a great player. But he needs to step up. <laughs> Can't say the Spurs stole game one from the Nuggets. I mean, they beat them. It was close and it was good. But the Nuggets didn't feel like themselves from the regular season. What do you expect from the Nuggets tonight? Well, this was their first playoff performance for a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. Paul Millsap. And there's only a few guys that have some experience. I think Will Barton has a little bit of experience. But this is what I'll say. It was very similar to the Nets-Philly uh, series, right? Where the Nets played as well as they could. But Philly played a lot better. I think... San Antonio played a, a very, very good game, but I think Boston can, or Boston, excuse me, Nuggets. Denver can play exponentially better. I think that's why Denver will win. I think Denver probably wins tonight, but it, there's, there's, there's a lot of variables with them where I'm just like, hmm, like, 
Is is Jokic the MVP or is he like that kind of like ten points, ten assists guy? You well, know? See, he needs to be the twenty five point game because he's just so good and he's mm-hmm. so talented. I don't think that's who he is naturally. He's not a natural aggressive scorer. He's a natural basketball player. That's why that's he just fills the stat sheets. But I think that's what they need from him. Jamal Murray, you know, twenty three or twenty five shots. You need to get that down, and he needs to pick up his efficiency. But they didn't shoot the ball well from three. They didn't. That's going to be the message that Coach Malone is going to be telling them is like. Like guys, we shoot those exact same shots. We're going to be fine. I read a really good article about Jokic in the Ringer, where it's like he wasn't like a natural leader. He kind of felt like it was Millsap's team, and he was sort of like deferring a little bit, and like they had to pull he's him not, aside. He's not. Like, he's not a leader. They had to be like, um, "Sir, you're the best basketball player on the team, so you need to and do this whether I, you want to or not." And I don't buy that. I don't believe just because you're the best basketball player that you need to be That's a, a leader. I think you just need no. to hold yourself accountable to a high standard, and he needs to play a little bit better. The game that I'm most excited for Tell me is more. the late game. I'm gonna have to. Stay up to like one in the morning tonight. That's what I did. The Thunder and the Blazers. (laughs) I have no idea what's going to happen. But you know what's awesome about Russell and like his aggressiveness is that you just know he's going to bring something. Either he's going to be fired up in game. Fired up post game. There's going to be yeah, something. He could there's, get a flagrant foul, stop, yell at a fan, and score you 45 points. But, it's all over the map with the possibilities. And with but at the end of the day, you're still going to respect him when it's of all course. over it. And that's what's awesome about Russell. So I think this is going to be a great matchup. I just really hope Paul George is okay. Yeah. I mean, he had such a great season. He's he needs to go to the hole. Hurt. He can't yeah. shoot 15 threes if your shoulder, shooting shoulder is struggling. You got to get he, he, six free throws, 15 threes. Give me double digit free throws. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Look forward to having you back anytime. Shout out. Just for the podcast only, the too hot for TV stuff. Jalen Rose, first thing I want to discuss with you is what was the countdown experience like? I saw you on IG. You guys got a little complaining at the end there. (laughs) Because when you're doing countdown, you got to remember, that's a long burn. It's not like show up, do a meeting, and then do the show and leave. Mm -hmm. It's like show up. Do the meeting, do the show, and then watch a three-hour game. And then do it again. Do halftime. Yeah. yeah. Watch another two-and-a-half-hour game. Do another two-and-a-half-hour game. We have four games on Saturday. It was great theater. A couple of things stand out to me. No, no, I have the main important question. Okay. I know you had more than one meal. Yes. I know how y'all get down to Countdown. Yes. Listen, I don't work on Countdown, but I'm Countdown adjacent. (laughs) So I know when you walk past the studio, I always check out what the catering is like. I let all y'all eat first, and then I go get myself a plate. So what were we eating at Countdown? I remember us having some Yang Chow. Oh, that's good. Yang Chow is always good. Big shout out to the Podfather. Introduced us to Yang Chow. Legendary downtown. We had some home comfort or comfort home. It's like soul food. It is so good. Fried chicken. Greens. greens, Mac and cheese. Greens, beans, potatoes. Eating good. Oh, I like what you did there. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, we were eating good. We were eating good. It was great to watch, and there were some good games, of course, yep. throughout. Now, we're going to discuss on the television portion of the show some of the series that got really interesting last night. So right now, we'll talk about some of the ones that we're going to preview this evening. Spurs Nuggets. Interesting. Interesting game one there. You know, it, it was it was close. It felt like the Nuggets inexperience kind of got the best of them. It did, and that's what going into the playoffs people felt, that the Nuggets had a great regular season. Jokic is my first team all-NBA center, 
But would their lack of experience come into play in the postseason? And who do they get matched up with? The coach with the most experience, Coach Pop, going against one of his pupils who's the head coach of the Nuggets. So they're really familiar with one another. Mm -hmm. And then you have vets, DeMar DeMorrison, DeMarcus Aldridge, The Rocks, Rudy Gay. And now all of a sudden, these guys are starting to look at the young players in their eyes and like, we can probably take them. Probably can. I know they're a number two seed and all, but we can handle that. This isn't the regular season anymore. Things are different here. And, and it did end up being that, that ended up being the case in game one. And they did a pretty good job bottling up Jokic, who's a little feast or famine sometimes. And I really feel like, like who do the Nuggets go to for a bucket? You know what I mean? Like who gets their own shot? That should them? be Jamal Murray. It should be, but it's not always Jamal Murray. That's the problem. He and Gary Harris, you, you need those guys to play well. Will Barton, isn't afraid to make a play and, and take a big shot. But it has to be strength in numbers. But Jokic is their guy. Mm-hmm. They invert their offense so he can initiate. He's a terrific passer. Could get you triple doubles. Could get you the rebounds. But they're going to need him to get a lot of points. Because in particular, the five position isn't a high scoring spot for the Spurs. So he's got to dominate that matchup. The Magic stole game one against the Raptors. I'm going to say it. You know what I mean? Sure, they won. And I know it came down to the last second. But they they stayed close throughout. They did a really good job. The Raptors kind of like let it slip away at the end. I fully expect them to win by double digits tonight at home to even the series. What do you think? So here's the elephant in the room. The Toronto Raptors allowed the coach of the year to walk in Dwayne Casey. Mm -hmm. He and DeMarcus, he, he and DeMar DeRozan ended a bizarre relationship in Cleveland last year where he didn't finish the game. They add Kawhi Leonard, which is an upgrade. They add Danny Green, who's a champion, second this year in three-point percentage. But you know, when you saw him in the standings, the first question that everybody had, not can Pascal Siakam be most improved player? Which Kyle Lowry Will we get in the playoffs? Kyle Lowry. We've been asking that question all year. <laughs> well, it's not the first year that we've had to ask that question. It seems like every year we wonder which Kyle Lowry we're going to get in the playoffs. He's he's infamously sort of left in the middle of games. Do you remember that incident? He needed a decompress in Cleveland. Yep, that was a little tricky. And he's also had some really, really ugly stat lines in some playoff games. And game one was no different. Late night <laughs> shooting in the gym. Yep, I remember that. Midnight when no lights on. And so he's had his moments, but his valleys have been really um, baffling for a guy that's been in an all-star a couple of seasons. He got a couple of boards. He got a couple of assists. But you can't be an all-star point guard that has zero points in a playoff game. No. That that, 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 that can't happen. It's hard. I I mean, zero points is tough. It's hard to do. And the guy that you guard, DJ Augustine, go off with 25 points? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, that was the difference in the game. You see Steve Clifford said about him? Steve Clifford was like, you know what? I watched the game and I see how he affects it and some of those outlet passes that he throws. <laughs> and, you know, I know he had zero points, but he had an amazing game. Uh, he had seven assists in the way he runs the offense. I was like, Steve, Steve. Well, he's the opposing coach. I know, I know. He's just doing what he's supposed to do. Like, you know what? I always complain when, when, uh, 
people, athletes, and coaches do are honest. It, do it, no, do what you're supposed to do in the media. You know what I mean? Like that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to say, "Oh God, he's an amazing player. I know he had zero points, but he really affected the game." And but when they're honest, is when I like it. And be like, "I hope that Kyle Lowry shows up tomorrow." Yeah, you can't have zero in a home game. It's it, hard. It, it just can't happen. You you know it's how hard. hard that is. So my question is this: Is I, I'm weak minded. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, like I'm not J.R. Smith. If I start playing bad, I just go into a shell. Like, I'm a weak-minded athlete. That's a, that's a, one of the one of the things I know about myself. Shout out to J.R. Smith got paid to not play basketball this year. So, do you think it's in Kyle Lowry's head? Like before the game, do you think he's a little extra nervous or, he's, or you know a little a little less confident than he normally would be about his performance? If this is just a regular season game. Yes, because he knows what we've been saying and what the public wants to see the entire year. He could have averaged 25 this year. He could mm-hmm. have shot 50% from oh, yeah. three. All we would have said is... He could is be an MVP candidate. Playoff time. We waiting to see. It's- and so that's the calling card that we're going to need to see from him. If the Toronto Raptors are going to meet expectations this year. Well, they're going to win tonight, even the series. We'll see what happens when they go down to Orlando. Orlando plays well at home. Yep. Ladies, don't forget to call 985-80-JALEN. Tomorrow is Wednesday. We'll be taking female and international callers for a special Wednesday show. I want to thank Richard Jefferson for coming on. Jalen Rose is back tomorrow. We're not done. Why is that, KRS? We're not done. We're not done. We're not done. Guys, I love them. Speaking of the hobbits, let's talk about LeBron James. All I care about is my nipples. Seriously. <laughs>